0: Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. You have your Bibles, turn to the book of Daniel. Daniel, Daniel. We are in the third week of a series called God and Company, God and Co. Uh, finding purpose in your profession or being able to worship God through your work. And I hope this has been helpful to you. I think this is one of those series where uh, the message, it speaks right to where we live. Uh, You don't have to stretch your imagination for application. How many of you love that the Bible keeps it real? Aren't you thankful that God knows exactly what we need right when we need it? Not your head if you're with me. And so the the, the, uh, uh, series, uh, I think it's been so helpful, you know, for where we are and what we put our hand to. Um, I know that uh, the first installment, we called it, Take This Job and Love It. Take This Job and Love It. Um, And last week, if you were here, we talked about whistle while you work. (whistles) Today, I want to talk to you about Dressed for Success. Dressed for success. I want to talk to you about excellence. Write down the word excellence somewhere. Dressed for success. How many of you heard the saying, dress for the job that you want, not the job you have? How many have ever heard that before? Yeah, I, I, I shared that with some of the team last week. I told them, dress for the job that you want, not the job that you have. And I walked into our leadership meeting and this is what I saw. (laughs) Somebody say, my, 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 my. Come on, how many thinks that hair on David Ray's head, it just works? And Thor, he's got his hammer. And look at Johnny Baby Blue Eyes Green. He is the Incredible Hulk. Can you say, oh, yeah? And then Ryan Frith, Iron Man. Check that out. And then the captain. (laughs) Somebody say, perhaps the Lord. (laughs) That's a scary meeting right there, I'm telling you. Oh, man. There's a superhero inside of each one of us. I want to talk to you about excellence, and I want to use the story of Daniel to really launch us into that discussion. I think of all the, 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 the men and women in Scripture, he probably best models what we're going to look at today. Um, some 600 years before Christ, let me give you some some background, a little context, and I think it'll help the story pop a little bit better. But some 600 years before Christ, the Babylonians came in, and many of you understand biblical history. It's known as the Babylonian captivity. Where they came in, they they conquered Jerusalem, they took many of the Jews captive. They deported thousands and thousands of Jews. At this time, Daniel was 14 years old. He was one of the Jewish exiles that were taken into captivity. Now, the word Babylon, I think this is interesting. Babylon literally means confusion. It means Babel. Remember in Genesis 11 when they built the Tower of Babel and their intent was to build it all the way up to heaven and God had to come down and confuse their language, the Tower of Babel. Babylon means the same thing. It means confusion or babbling. It represents the spirit of the world. How many of you know the enemy of your soul would love to create confusion in your life? That's part of the plan of the enemy. But the Bible says God is not the author of confusion. Uh, these boys, were t- some 8,000 boys were deported to a strange land, and they underwent a three-year training program. King Nebuchadnezzar tried to reprogram. He tried to, I want you to listen to this, he tried to brainwash. He tried to indoctrinate. What he wanted to do was erase their past. Come on now. I think sometimes we're living in a modern-day Babylon. We live in a culture that wants to indoctrinate us. Come on, help me preach this morning. That tries to reprogram us, tries to reshape what our our values are supposed to be. And that's what Daniel and these boys found themselves in that same context. The Babylonians, they changed their wardrobe. They changed their diet. They even changed their name. These boys had Hebrew names, and the Hebrew names represented who God was. You know, Daniel means God is my judge, but they changed his name to Belteshazzar, which means worshiper of Baal. And so we see these Hebrew boys in a faraway foreign land under pagan influence, but yet God continues to use Daniel in a dynamic way. Can I just take a moment and tell you this? I don't know what your work environment looks like. You may feel pressured. You may feel under attack. But the power of God inside of you is greater than the challenge in front of you. Can I have a better amen? Daniel, now, there was favor placed on Daniel. We're going to read this in just a second. But God had his hand on Daniel and was doing something special inside of him. And when God puts favor on an individual, it makes other people jealous. Somebody say favor ain't fair. The work environment that, that Daniel was serving in, it was hostile. He had coworkers that were constantly coming against him. Anybody know anything about that? People hated him because God was blessing him. And they did everything they could to tear him down. They didn't want to see Daniel succeed. Some of you are in a work environment where God is blessing you because your heart has stayed true to the things of this book. And when God starts blessing, the devil starts messing. Come on now. And you have people around you that come against you. They can't, they, they can't stand to see you prosper. They don't want to see you succeed. And this was the hostile work environment that Daniel began to serve in. And yet, so as a boy, he grew up in this, this Babylonian empire. And now in Daniel chapter 6, we pick up the story of Daniel. And I'm going to kind of read several different snapshots of his experience. But now we see 70 years later. This is Daniel. Daniel, as an adult, and we see what God is doing in his life. Daniel, it tells me this, that you're never too young and you're never too old to walk in a spirit of excellence. Can I have a good amen? Read with me in Daniel chapter 6, verse 1. The Bible says that it pleased Darius. Now, here we see the Persian Empire. We see 70 years Daniel has served, and the Bible says it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom... 120 satraps, these were leaders or government officials, to be over the entire kingdom. And over these, three governors, of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Now, Daniel was entrusted with a high position of authority and power. Here he is, a godly man in an ungodly kingdom. I'm tell you this. Some of you, you work in an environment that's dark, But God can bless you in spite of it. You know, I'm convinced of that. That God, the, the, the scripture says, Lord, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I think it just delights God to bless you right in front of all the pagans around you. I want to encourage some people today. The Bible says that Daniel was entrusted with a lot. Look at verse three. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above. Okay, I want you to underline that or circle that phrase in your Bible. This Daniel distinguished himself above all of the governors and the satraps. Why? Because an excellent, somebody say excellent. An excellent spirit was in him, and the king gave thought to settling him over the whole realm. Can I have a good amen? What was it about Daniel that distinguished him from all the other leaders? All the other government officials, it was an excellent spirit. I want to talk to you about the power of excellence. And that that word excellent in the in the Hebrew, it literally means plenty. It means surpassing. It means exceedingly extreme or extraordinary. Do, Do those words describe how you live life? I want to read those again. Plenty, surpassing, exceedingly, extreme. Extraordinary. Sometimes it's translated as the word overheated because what you're doing is done with such passion. I want to tell you something about a spirit of excellence. It will distinguish you and will set you apart. And I'm praying that over this church. I'm praying that over every member of HPC. I pray that over my children every day. When I bring my kids to school, I pray, Lord, give them a spirit of excellence. God and may that excellent spirit cause them to stand up to stand out and to change their world they are different in order to make a difference are you with me you are different in order to make a difference you don't walk like act like talk like think like do like everybody else come on are you with me God's put a spirit of excellence inside of you to distinguish you from those around you. Now, let me give you a quick definition of excellence, okay? I want you to write this down. Excellence is not necessarily having the best, but it's doing the best with what you have. You don't have to have the best to be a man or woman of excellence, but you need to do the best with what you have. Excellence is the quality of what we do for Christ. Now, I want to show you three different things about excellence, and I want you to jot this down if you're taking notes, because we know that history makers are note takers. Number one, excellence in our heart. This is where it starts. Excellence in our heart. The Bible said Daniel had an excellent spirit. You see, excellence is a spirit. And it influences everything that we do. Excellence is a seed that is, de- is deposited in our hearts. If you want to be a man or woman of excellence, it starts in your heart. It starts on the inside. You know, I remember a number of years ago... Um, And some of you know Kevin Mawai. Kevin's a good friend. Kevin and Tracy and their family were part of this church for a long time. Uh, Former LSU football great. He played in the NFL for 16 years. He recently got inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame. Well, eight of his 16 years, he played for the New York Jets. And I remember one time the Jets were playing against the Saints in New Orleans. And so we went down to see him play. And uh, there are a number of times we got to do chapel, speak to the football team before the game, watch the game, be a part of that. We were there to support Kevin, encourage him, and uh, and be a part of that whole experience. Well, Johnny and I, we got together and said, hey, well, why don't we take our wives down to New Orleans and just make a weekend of it? We'll catch the game. We'll we'll eat some good food. So we made all the plans, made all the arrangements, got babysitters. Come on, somebody say, thank God for babysitters. Man, we left the kids back in Baton Rouge. We're just going to have a good time. And, and so um, we got our, our reservations. We were going to stay at the Doubletree Hotel. I mean, everything was set. So did chapel, watched the game, got a chance to connect with Kevin. Man, afterwards, we, we go to check into the hotel, and it was late, 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 late. We walk into the Doubletree. It's Johnny and Roxanne. It's Rachel and me. walk up to check in, and the lady behind the desk, I'll never forget her. Her name was Darlene. Oh, Darlene, Darlene, the dancing machine. I said, hey, Darlene, look, we've made, uh, I'm checking in the, the reservations. We've got two rooms. It's under Mike Heyman. So she's clicking on the little computer. Cluck, cluck. She's like, hmm, I'm not seeing anything here. I mean, no, I wasn't real happy with that. Like, Darlene, look again. I got a confirmation. Here's all my information. It's my driver's license. We got babysitters. She's checking. She's, you know, then, then she realized, wait a second, it's after midnight. She said, I'm sorry, I had to give your reservations. Oh, we, we gave your rooms away. How I many know Pastor Mike was fixing to go postal Mike? <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, 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 well, wait a second. She, let's talk about this. I mean, I'm not going back to Baton Rouge, right? Johnny and I, we made a commitment, man. We burned the bridges, man. There's no going back. She said, wait a second. Hold on. Give me just a second. She said, oh, I think you're going to like me. I said, keep talking. I like you already. She said, here, you're going to need this special key. Oh, special key. Talk to me about the special key, Darlene, Darlene, the dancing machine. She said, you're going to need the special key to get into the elevator that will take you to the 17th floor. It's like, all right, got that little special key, rolled into the elevator. We realized there's only 17 floors. Yeah, she sent us all the way to the top, opened the, the, the elevator doors. We walked into the penthouse suite. Man, windows from floor to ceiling overlooking downtown New Orleans. Man, there's like a steam room, a sauna, jacuzzi. There's a baby grand piano. Come on, somebody. Johnny jumped on the piano and just laid across it, and I started playing this beautiful love song. It was amazing. Man, it had a massive living room, a fireplace. Man, we were like kids in a candy store. I said, now, you know what? That spoke something to me about excellence. She could have said, you know what? I can't do anything for you. But how many of you know excellence will go above and beyond? Can you help me today? You see, excellence is a spirit that influences everything you do. Now, I want you to watch this. You see, in the Old Testament, there was the sacrificial system. If some of you are reading the one-year Bible, you are with me now in the book of Deuteronomy. Man, we made it through Leviticus. Oh, my goodness. Man, the numbers, we, we got our numbers straight. Now we're in Deuteronomy. And in the Old Testament, there were so many different animal sacrifices. I mean, they would sacrifice goats and rams and sheep and lambs. I mean, every time you turned around, there was a sacrifice that God had prescribed for the nation of Israel. Now, let me ask you this. How come we don't sacrifice animals today? Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Because of the sacrificial lamb, That once and for all, he was slain from the foundations of the world. God required a blood sacrifice. And so if you had committed sins, you had to sacrifice something. You had to shed blood. But enter Jesus Christ. Now notice this. In the Old Testament, if you were to bring a sacrifice, it had to be the first of your flock. And it had to be the best of your flock. Come on, everybody say first. Say best. Come on, say first. Say best. You see, God demands excellence. Now, in Malachi, I want you to see this, Malachi chapter 1. Turn with me quickly to the last book of the Old Testament. Jesus, God the Father was upset with the nation of Israel, and this is what he said. Verse 8, when you give blind animals as sacrifices, isn't that wrong? And isn't it wrong to offer animals that are crippled and diseased? Try giving gifts like that to your governor and see how pleased he is, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Verse 10, how I wish one of you would just shut the temple doors so that these worthless sacrifices could not be offered. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord of heaven's armies, and I will not accept your offerings. Why was God so upset? because they weren't bringing their first and they weren't giving their best. We serve a God who deserves and demands our best. Now, the good news is when we fall into sin, we don't have to find an animal to sacrifice. How many of you are thankful for that? If I had to sacrifice an animal every time I sinned, how many of you know neighborhood pets would be missing? There's not enough cattle on a thousand hills to cover all the blood necessary to forgive me of my sins. Enter Jesus Christ. Now watch this. Jesus was heaven's first and heaven's best. What was it that God gave us? He didn't send some broken down angel. Come on, somebody. He didn't say, it wasn't like he had a dozen sons to choose from. I mean, the darling of heaven was crucified. God gave us heaven's best. It was the sinless, spotless Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And now, when we come into the presence of God, he sees the blood of his son that covers us, that washes us, that cleanses us, and forgives us. Come on, put your hands together if you're thankful for the blood. Mm, How do we come to God the Father? Some come through sorrow, some come through flood. Some come through great trial, but all come through the blood. It's the blood of Jesus now. And Jesus was heaven's first and heaven's best. Now let me ask you this. What is your response to a God who has only given you his best? Lord, I give you my best. That's excellence. It's a spirit that says, God, you deserve my highest praise. I don't just stroll in here on a Sunday trying to, well, I'm still trying to wake up. No, no, no. I'm coming to the house of God with a sense of expectation. I'm bringing my best energy, my best passion. I'm focused in my worship. God, here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Come on, somebody. You see, excellence is a spirit. Watch this. Men and women of excellence. Don't you hear me, church? Excellence validates your testimony as a follower of Jesus Christ. I think excellence ought to mark the church. Excellence ought to distinguish us from those around us. It doesn't make us better than the people around us, but it's a reflection of the spirit of our God. Excellence validates our testimony as believers, and it makes the gospel attractive. Are you with me? Chick-fil-A. How many of you love you some Chick-fil-A? Okay. What is it that we love about Chick-fil-A? Now, come on, I, I love me some nuggets. Come on, waffle fries. That's a move of God. A little sweet tea, Polynesian. Come on. I know it's Sunday. You can't go. It's closed today. <laughs> Have you ever been at another fast food place and you, you go through the drive through and you feel like you're irritating them? <laughs> like, you know, you're harassing them because you pulled up to place an order? You wait for like two minutes, and you hear a, hold on. You know, you're just trying to get, or you, you see two cars in the drive through and you're thinking it's going to take 30 minutes. But you look at Chick-fil-A, and the line is wrapped around the building twice, and you're thinking, hey, I'll get in and out in five minutes. Come on, somebody. There's something about excellence that's attractive. Watch this. Excellence attracts excellence excellence. Mediocrity will attract mediocrity. When you are a person of excellence, you set the bar high. The the, the, the standard is high. Winners will stretch to it, but whiners will shrink from it. You see, Daniel distinguished himself from everybody else because he had an excellent spirit inside of him. I'm telling you what, if you have the Holy Ghost inside of you, you have the seed for excellence, everything that you need inside of you already. It's time for you to start raising the bar. Excellence in what we say, excellence in our speech, excellence in the things that we do excellence in how we carry ourselves, excellence in our relationships. I want to tell you, excellence starts in your heart. Now look at this in verse four. The Bible says, so the governors and the satraps, they sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could not find anything. They found no charge or fault. Why? Because he was faithful, some might say faithful, He was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in him. Number one, excellence, it starts in our hearts, but then number two, I wanna talk to you about excellence in your habits. Excellence in your habits. Excellence has to move from your heart into your habits. Went to a wedding last night. I love weddings. I love, I love, I love weddings. For 23 years, I've been in ministry, and I've done so many weddings. I love it. I, I love the, the whole process. I love sitting down with a couple. A couple will come to my office, and, you know, and, and I've seen this for so many years. I mean, you know, the guy comes in, and he's just all chilled. You know, hey, what's up? The girl comes in, and, man, she's under tremendous pressure, right, because she's agonizing over every detail of that day. Come on, ladies, nod your head if you're with me. Yeah, it's the the flowers, the the dress, the the shoes, the, the invitations. I mean, everything. That day has to be perfect. And the guy's just saying, hey, what time do I show up? Right? Fellas, on that wedding day, she will show up on time. Never happened before, and it may never happen again. But she's going to show up on time, and everything is going to be just perfect. Why? Because she has labored and toiled over every detail. I've never once in 23 years of ministry ever seen a bride come down that center aisle that forgot to put on her makeup. Hair all messed up. Dress stained. She didn't even brush her teeth. Oh, that's okay. At least he knows my heart. Yeah, he knows your heart, but he's got to kiss your face. Come on, somebody. I wonder why we say to God, well, it's okay. At least he knows my heart. Yeah, he does know your heart. But excellence has to move from your heart into your habits. Come on, somebody. You see, the Bible says that Daniel was distinguished and he was favored because there's a divine connection between excellence and favor. But the men around him tried to tear him down because they were threatened by his success. So you know what they did? They tried to dig up some dirt on him. They went to his Twitter account. Come on, somebody. And they went as far back on that Twitter feed as they possibly could to find just something. Can I take a moment to talk to the upcoming generation? Can I talk to the millennials just for a second? I didn't grow up with social media. I'm thankful for it. I I participate in it. But there is a danger with social media. Can I give you a verse that may not necessarily be in the Bible? First, Twitter, 224. (laughs) Be sure your social media post will find you out. Come on, somebody. Mm, Hum at me today. You see, excellence has to move from our heart into our habits because people are watching. You say, well, Mike, that's not fair. And we always say, well, don't judge me, don't judge me, you're not my judge, you're not my judge. And yeah, God is the judge. He is eventually, every one of us will stand before God and we will have to give an account. But a watching world sees you. Well, I'm a Christian. Well, I, I, I love Jesus. You know, I, I, I go to that, ch- I go to Healing Place Church, Well, they are forming opinions about God based on your behavior. I know it's not fair, but listen, you may be the only Jesus that somebody sees. And so what picture of Jesus are we forming by the way that we're living? You know, excellence has a practical side to it. Not your head if you know what I'm talking about. I know we talked about the spirit. It starts in our spirit, but it has to move into our habits. Showing up on time is a sign of excellence. When you are where you're supposed to be, when you're supposed to be there. In college, I played for a coach that said, to be early is to be on time. To be on time is to be late, and to be late is unacceptable. You see, when you have a meeting and it's scheduled for 9 o'clock and you roll in at 9.15, that's not excellence. Now, I know that there are emergencies, and I know life happens. In fact, life happens to you when you have something else planned. But a person of excellence will show up, will do everything within their power to show up and value everybody in the room. If you call a meeting at 10 o'clock and I stroll in at 10 after 10, I'm not showing value to you. I'm saying that what I was doing obviously is way more important than anything that you were doing. Your boss wanted me to tell you that, but he, he didn't, you know. He just figured that I would be the messenger. Show up on time. Finishing the things that you start. That's excellence. When you start something, you bring it to Completion. A lot of times we start things because we have a feeling or it's a good idea or, man, it it seems exciting in the moment. But what happens when that feeling leaves? Can I tell you this? Diligence is measured when desire is gone. Diligence is measured when desire is gone. When the desire is no longer there, can you be diligent and finish what you've started? What about this? Being prepared. Being prepared is a practical sign of excellence let me ask you this when you come to church on sunday do you expect me to have something to say how many of you think it's a good idea that i'm prepared if i just kind of roll up here and say well you know what i'm just going to trust the anointing a lot of times people and i've heard this now i've heard pastors use the anointing as an excuse not to be prepared I want to talk to all the young preachers in here just for a second, because I know we got some dynamic, gifted, and powerful communicators. You better study yourself to death and pray yourself back to life. Don't use the anointing as some sloppy, I'm not prepared, but I'm just going to, you know, just, God's going to show up. Well, listen, He'll show up, He'll do His part, but you got to do your parts. Come on, is this helping anybody? excellence, excellence. I remember as a youth pastor, I would have kids come to me on a Wednesday night, and they'd say, oh, pastor, would you pray for me? I've got this huge biology test tomorrow morning. Oh, and I just need prayer. I said, come on, for sure. I'd love to pray for you. Before we pray, let me ask you a quick question. Have you studied for this huge biology test? And it's like the thought had never dawned on them. What? Of course not. That's why I'm asking you to pray. Come on now. And so, okay, I, I, I get it. I get it. Okay, well, let's pray. And I'd lay hands and say, Lord, I pray that you would give them the ability to remember everything that they have studied and prepared for in Jesus' name. And then they kind of walk away like, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> Be prepared. When, when you're prepared, it's saying, hey, I have, I, I, I've taken the responsibility necessary to contribute what God is requiring of me. Taking responsibility. There's a practical side to excellence. My dad used to say, son, lack of responsibility on your part does not constitute an emergency on my part. Mm, thank you, dad. God does not bless sloppiness, laziness, or irresponsibility. I never, never, never want God, this is just for me, I never want God to cringe and say, oh, Mike, oh, I just, uh, when you do that, oh, that's so not what I'm about. I want to reflect the excellence of of an almighty God. That doesn't mean I'm perfect, but it means I'm doing my part to be prepared, to take responsibility. In advance, I'm giving my best effort because God gave us his best through Jesus. Excellence, it starts in your heart, but it's gotta move from your heart to your habits. And then finally, the third thing, number three, excellence, not just in our heart, not just in our habits, but number three, excellence in our hands. Excellence in our hands. Look at what Daniel 1, verse 17. As for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill. Knowledge and skill. In literature, and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Verse twenty, and in all matters of wisdom and understanding, about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better. Come on, underline that in your in your Bible. He found them ten times better than all the mag- magicians and astrologers who were in all his realm. You see, God had given Daniel a skill. I want to tell you this. You have a skill. You have an ability. God has gifted you. There's something that he's put in your hand. And God wants excellence. It starts in your heart. It's got to move in your habits. But ultimately, it has to find its way to your hands. I pray this for you. Whatever your job is, whatever your career, and we said that there's a difference between your calling and your career. Sometimes some of you are working in a job and you're discovering your calling. Some of you are currently, your career reflects your calling. But God has given you a skill a talent, an ability, and he can make you better at what you do. God can make you better. I mean, there's a a thing called grind, and we grind. I mean, when we go Monday through Friday, man, we grind. But there's a grace that God can give you for the grind. Man, there are some things that you do that only you can do. That God has put something unique inside of you and it doesn't match what everybody else is doing, but that's your assignment because that's your skill set. The Bible says that Daniel had been given wisdom and knowledge and skill, the ability to interpret dreams. You know, when you go to your job, you go unto the glory of God, but you're taking that skill, that talent, that, that ability, and you're developing it as on. To the Lord. You know, kind of a, you want to hear something cool? I, I thought this was awesome. Speaking of excellence and w- w- what excellence, how that translates into the, from, from the realm of the kingdom into our, our natural world. Many of you have heard me talk about this Bible study that's been taking place up in Leesville, Louisiana, right outside of Fort Polk. My, my, my roommate several months ago had, had reached out to me, and he said, hey, look, can we use some of the, the teaching videos, the, the, the sermons that you're, you're, you're doing at, in Baton Rouge, can we show those and have a Bible study, and we, we'll use our restaurant to do it. They own three restaurants, and uh, uh, one of them is a, a burrito bar. I mean, you just make your own burrito. I mean, so they're having Bible study in a burrito bar. How many loves that idea? I love it. On Sunday nights, man, they just, you know, open it up I think five six o'clock and, and people show up and and man they, they, they've added a worship component to it and and uh, I mean, they start, the thing has begun to grow I mean they started with just a handful of people and they were meeting once a month and said no well let's let's meet more often so they're meeting every week and now they have a Sunday morning experience and a Sunday evening experience uh, and so I mean it, it's literally like it's, it's like church in a burrito bar and, um, and so, man, they're watching the, 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 the messages. And, man, they're, they're learning. They're growing together in small groups. Man, they're, they're, they're eating food. How many thinks that's a good idea? Man, throw a burrito in, man. It is a fiesta. Dude, it is a move of God. And, man, some cool things are starting to happen, man. They've, they're gaining momentum. So one of the things they love about your heart here, and, and they want to implement that there, they love the whole opportunity of serving. Serve. We want to we reach our community. And so... What they did is they, they contacted the guidance counselor at one of the local schools and said, listen, are there any students, that, any, any high school seniors, that would want senior pictures, but either they can't afford it or they don't have the, the ability to do that? And so with the help of the guidance counselor, they, they discovered some, some families, you know, some students. Some of them come from a very difficult background. You know but but families that couldn't afford to create senior pictures f- for these kids and so the people at the, at the bible study at the church got a, a high-end camera some of them pitched in some money to buy some clothes and uh, but to help create this moment for some high school seniors i thought man what a great idea so i want you to see on the screen here's some of the portraits that they've been able to capture for these young ladies and young men, these seniors who would never have the ability to have senior pictures, but because of a church that cared, a group of people that understood not only excellence in your heart, not only excellence in your habits, but excellence in your hands. Uh, they, they told us one of the, one of the kids is, uh, suffers from cerebral palsy. And a mom called up afterwards, and she was just in tears. And she said, you know, you, you have no idea how much this blesses us. And so they're taking these, and man, you can see the smile on those kids' face. And you can see the value. You, you can just see the dignity that it sets on those students. I want you to know this. Excellence will set value on people. Excellence says, hey, you matter to God, and so you matter to me. So these students are going to come to the Bible study to get their senior portraits. I thought, man, how how cool is that? That you and I, because we have received heaven's best, our response in return is to give our best. And when you give your best unto the Lord, God is pleased. He is so pleased. The challenge today is this. Where's the bar of excellence in your life? I pray that that bar of excellence is high in this house, in your home, the things that you're teaching your sons and your daughters, because an excellent spirit doesn't just bless you, but it blesses everybody around you. When you and I make a commitment to walk in that spirit of excellence, we're bringing honor to the Lord. And there's something attractive. Like a magnet, people are drawn because it just stands out. Daniel distinguished himself. God blessed him. And regardless of the environment you find yourself in, God can bless you right where you are. Do you receive that today? Thank you for listening.